African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. This is African Dialogue with me, Benjamin Mushatam. Well, today we're going to be looking at the African Union Summit. We know there's new changes there, there's new leadership. And we're asking the question on our social media when I hear from you at Channel Africa 1, that's the number one at the end, at Channel Africa 1 and at African Dialogue. The question, what changes do you expect as an African from uh, the continental body, the African Union, as a changes its leadership what changes do you expect from the african union as it changes leadership give us your thoughts at channel africa one or at african dialogue the african union commission is under transition with the newly elected chairman musa faki mahamad who's chad's foreign minister and also we're seeing the exit of dr gosazana damini zuma and also uh, the body's not just uh, changing its african union commission leader but also the african union chair will be a Guinean President Alpha Conde who replaces Chadian President Idris Deby. In this change, the new African Union Commission uh, would have about three months uh, to set up its new cabinet. The African Union has been challenged to put more effort in uniting the continent by ending conflicts. That's to continue its efforts towards sustainable development. Peace and security seem to be the big topics in uh, the African Union currently. These were some of the messages also that were delivered during the opening session of the 28th uh, Union Summit held in Addis Ababa in Ethiopia. Messages of support came as far uh, in, from the Middle East and even in the United States. Senior political journalist Amos Pajo reports. It was a befitting tribute for outgoing AU chairperson Ngozana Dlamini Zuma. She had been praised for being the first woman to lead the continental body and with success. In her opening address, Dlamini Zuma called for leaders to work together in silencing the guns as stipulated in the continent's developmental footprint agenda 2063. We must just continue. The fight against terrorism remains a challenge and we must all unite to, to defeat this sketch. It is with much concern that we learn that sporadic fighting continues in South Sudan. The people of South Sudan need peace. We again call on all parties involved to honor the agreement in order to ensure peace, reconciliation, healing, and justice. Excellencies, it is clear that globally we are entering very turbulent times. For an example, the very country to whom our people were taken as slaves during the transatlantic slave trade have now decided to ban refugees from some of our countries. What do we do about this? Indeed, this is one of the greatest challenges and test to our unity and solidarity. 
The AU has thanked ECOWAS Group under the leadership of Liberian President Ellen Selif Johnson in resolving the Gambian conflict. The country almost plunged into civil war after then-President Yaya Jame refused to leave office despite losing power to Adama Barrow. Jame has since went into exile in Equatorial Guinea under diplomatic pressure and after troops from ECOWAS crossed into the Gambia. On behalf of all of us, a heartfelt gratitude to ECOWAS, who under your leadership made us all proud. As you stood with your colleagues in ECOWAS, Mauritania and many others, with the people of the Gambia and defended the values and principles of our union. We thank all those who participated, but we are particularly proud that it was under your stewardship. A message echoed by the outgoing chair of the AU, Chad's president Idris Deby. He said all over the world conflicts are triggered by resources which lead to violent extremism. The United Nations new Secretary General Antonio de Oliveira Guterres was also offered an opportunity to address African leaders under one roof for the first time in his new capacity. He says the UN will work hand in hand with the AU where conflict threatens peace and stability. The United Nations will step out its support to further promote good governance and reinforce the nexus between peace, security and development. And fourth, the United Nations will support African efforts to realize your initiative to silence the guns by 2020 or even before, including by strengthening support for the African peace and security architecture. And I intend to work with the AU to present a set of concrete proposals to the Security Council on predictable, reliable and sustainable financing for AU peace operations. One of the issues which were under discussion during the retreat of the heads of states and government is the financing of the AU. South African President Jacob Zuma has given the discussions a thumbs up. I think it was a very important Retreat uh, in a manner that uh, it helped us to look at the organization, turn it inside out, and say what is the best for the continent. Among other things that we discuss is a question of how the AU <clears throat> must work a system where it's going to be independent in terms of. Uh, <clears throat> Well, uh, that is uh, the voice of uh, the President of South Africa, Jacob Zuma, ending that report there by uh, political journalist uh, Amos Pajo, who was there at the African Union. Now joining us uh, on uh, uh, the line, we've got Professor Kalebo Hamaponye, who is uh, Whipold uh, Brugalia Baum, Chairperson in Electoral Democracy in Africa at UNISA. And also in our studio, we've got Tantla Matlangu, who was reporting for us uh, at Addis Ababa during the conference. Tlatla, let me start the conversation with you in terms of seeing this big transition the chair commission is changed as well and also also we're seeing in the african union the main chair uh, is also going to be changed how, how was the atmosphere there in terms of these particular changes was it a complex process how was the environment on the ground i know sometimes there's a bit of politics between the various regions tell us a little bit about your experience there in Tlantla at uh, the at the summit 
Thank you so much, Benjamin, for having me in the studio. Indeed, I've just returned from the African Union Summit in Addis Ababa, where um, a number of decisions were taken by the bloc. Um, I think the most notable one is the fact that Morocco has now been readmitted back into the African Union after 32 years of absence. Um, We also had the new um, AU chairperson, um, you know, the election there taking place. And as widely expected, it was initially thought that you know um kenya's candidate would sure, take it sure. but you know you never know what happens yeah it was so, so unexpected exactly exactly indeed, sure. indeed because you know everybody thought that definitely kenya will take it but mm. not to kenya's you know advantage <laughs> to to africa's you know uh, surprise mm. um guinea took that one mm. but i must say it was um a mixed reaction that we got from mm. some of the delegates who were there, you know, mm. some not willing to speak, some mm. willing to speak out. I must say, Chad was very happy. Mm. Um, Guinea was very happy mm. because, I mean, we've got the chairperson there um, mm. leading mm. Um, the block mm. and, you know, so yeah, I think those were just some of the major outcomes for me um, mm. at the summit, covering the summit, uh, Benjamin. Mm. Uh, let, let me come to you, Professor Kelebohamaponye. In terms of those particular decisions, in terms of the decision for the the chair of the commission and the African Union itself. Professor, were you uh, surprised by those particular decisions? Uh, good morning, uh, uh, Mr. Mushatama and uh, your guest, and also to the listeners of uh, you know, Channel Africa. I'm, I must uh, confess that I didn't hear you know, the earlier discussion, but I can just weigh in uh, on the, uh, you know, the current uh, historical developments sure, uh, in, sure. in Africa. At uh, the African Union, the election of Musa Faki Mohammed, uh, in my view, is quite historic and quite significant. Uh, um, surprising, you know, for many. Uh, many pundits have, you know, had obviously, you know, been thinking about, uh, um, you know, putting him uh, probably as among the, the last of the five candidates. Uh, the name that was, uh, you know, probably appearing as, um, a lot was uh, Abdullah Batili together obviously with with, the, with our our, our sure. you know Ken- Kenyan you know um, representative Amina Mohammed uh, so i would say that there are probably many in africa who are quite surprised about mr uh, mohammed's uh, you know um, um, assuming of such an important position uh, the decisions that also came uh, you know up uh, obviously raise issues and they are quite significant especially this uh, you know uh, Moroccan issue which uh, in, in my view mm. was more like throwing the cat among the pigeons because mm-hmm. that's why the continent was thinking about you know uh, electing someone to such an important post then of course this uh, you know issue which has long been ha- hanging on the side the Moroccan issue also had to be part and parcel of the menu Mm. Well, coming back to you, Ntlantle, in terms of, of some of those uh, issues, in terms of the, the transition itself, do you think it was because it was a political reason for this new choice, people moving away from this whole 2063 issue? Because I know um, there were some sentiments made about peace and security becoming something that the AU was becoming more concerned about. I would, I would, I would say that, you know, with the the choice of um chart uh, mm. leading the commission mm. um 
I, I, I'm not sure what you say there because mm-hmm. you know the the, the, the secret the votes the, the votes were behind closed doors. Sure. So you know when they come out, they just announce to us that mm. this is whom we've chosen to mm. lead the block. So I, I'm I'm not really sure really how to respond to that mm. question mm. there, Benjamin. Mm. And, and in terms of some things that stood out for you, I know I know you were right in in the action. What what were the some of the issues? Because I know there was a, a kind of uh, focus on on this idea of peace and security and also the ideas of you know the whole idea of the ICC also was something that that, that came out at some moments but what stood out for you uh, at the conference one thing that stood out for me at the conference was the fact that the issue of the US President Donald Trump ah, really dominated okay. a lot of the sessions that I attended you know with him banning um, refugees from three African countries mm-hmm. most of the speakers at the summit mm-hmm. really spoke out against that mm-hmm. we had uh, outgoing chairperson Kwasazana Zamini Zuma speaking mm-hmm. very harshly against that mm-hmm. we also had the EU chief uh, speaking you mm. know about that and also commending African countries for accepting refugees and mm. saying that you know mm. a lot of the countries out there can learn from what Africa is, is doing because Africa is one continent mm. whereby refugees are you know are, are easily accepted they can move from one country to another we've mm. got Kenya which houses the largest refugee camp sure, in the world sure. so that's one thing that really stood out for me that as much as things are happening you know in the US they really have an impact in Africa mm. for them to, to really really speak against it. I mean, as I mentioned, the UN chief spoke against mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the incoming chair spoke against sure, that. Sure. You know, Nkosazana Lamini Zuma spoke against that. Mm-hmm. So for me, it really means that, you know, Africa really, they, they, they really are trying to open the borders for mm-hmm. Africa, for Africans to move freely and mm-hmm. not really restrict, you know, uh, people to their respective countries. So mm-hmm. I think that's one thing that really stood out for me. Yeah, it you. was a very big thing. I remember that particular space, especially by uh, uh, Dr. Nkosazana Lamini Zuma speaking about that. But also you brought us this uh, uh, in- interesting conversation that uh, uh, the UN uh, Secretary General was having and the address that he had, that's Antonio Guterres. Uh, Let's just listen to it before we uh, continue the conversation. I humbly join you in profound solidarity and respect. As the late Samora Machel, the first president of the independent Mozambique, once said, Solidarity is an act of unity between allies fighting on different terrains towards the same objectives. And the foremost of these objectives is to assist in the development of humanity to the highest level possible. The African Union is working every day for unity, peace and progress for all people in every corner of this great continent. The United Nations is proud to be your partner, and I am proud to be your partner. I'm convinced the world has much to gain from African wisdom, African ideas, and African solutions. It is that spirit of possibility and partnership that draws me here. And I also come with a deep sense of gratitude. Africa provides the majority of the United Nations peacekeepers around the world. 
Well, uh, that's the voice of uh, the United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres there commending uh, the ECOWAS and the African Union for dealing with the issue of the Gambia, which was very, very significant. On the line, we've got Professor uh, Kalebu Hamaponye, who is joining us on the line. He's the whip holder, Bregelia Bam chairperson in the Electoral Democracy in Africa, uh, which is a part of uh, the University of South Africa. Professor, we were speaking a little bit on uh, just the various elements. You spoke a bit about Morocco and you highlighted a little bit about uh, uh, just some of the other areas of what was discussed at the African Union. But in terms of peace and security, do you think this is something that uh, uh, the African Union needs to reposition itself, especially after the successes of ECOWAS, after what happened in the Gambia? Absolutely. Uh, Peace and security issues are very, very important. The outgoing um, AUC uh, chairperson, uh, Dr. Nkosana Dlamini Zuma, uh, has highlighted this uh, on numerous occasions in their speeches, uh, looking at the the situation in different countries, whether you are talking about Cote d'Ivoire, that story, you know, um, that unfolded uh, during the time of uh, Bagbo and, and Ouattara. And, of course, uh, you know, in numerous other places such as, uh, you know, uh, South Sudan, mm-hmm. Central African Republic, Somalia, and even the issue of, of uh, you know, Boko Haram. Of course, she was commenting uh, or maybe tackling the issue ma- more, much more from, uh, one would say, a developmental, you know, perspective, because that was her approach uh, to look at, uh, you know, the development of infrastructure, the development of people, the empowerment of women, which, uh, you know, endeared her to many people. Um, in as much as, uh, you know, uh, there were those uh, critics who have criticized her for not taking much more you know, mm. uh, proactive methods sure. and efforts when it comes to issues of peace and security. So for me, it is a, uh, you know, a very uh, uh, critical issue, and I know that the heads of state uh, have spoken about it behind the scenes, of course, uh, because you still have all these pockets of instability in Africa, including the issue of Al-Shabaab uh, in Somalia and, and of course, uh, Boko Haram in, in West Africa. Mm. Your thoughts? Yes, just to echo what uh, the prophets just said about uh, the outgoing chairperson, Dr. Nkosazana Zamini mm. Zuma, you know, speaking out against uh, what happened in the Gambia. I thought it was quite, you know, commendable of her to call um, Liberian president, um, uh, uh, President Ellen Johnson Sirleaf, yeah. yes, onto the podium at the mm. opening of uh, the African Union 28th um, summit, whereby she she singing, you know, she she pointed at some of the work that ECOWAS had done, you mm. know, to bring mm. peace and stability uh, mm. to the Gambia. She even, you know, gave her uh, a certificate just as a recognition mm. that you know they really really worked hard. As you know that you know the Gambia was plunged into 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 chaos following um, last year's um, mm. yeah, elections. Mm. So I thought really the fact that they they they, they are recognizing that the grouping, uh, regional grouping ECOWAS mm. has really, really worked to, to ensure that peace and stability prevails um, uh, in Gambia. I thought that was very much commendable, mm. Benjamin. Well, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back to you because there are other areas that we uh, actually have to cover. Uh, the Pan-African Parliament issue, I know that also uh, the terrorism issue is something that uh, West Africa is working hard at as well. And I want to come back also just to revisit that issue of peace and and security. Let's take a quick break and then we'll be back after this. The time right now is almost 25 minutes past 11 o'clock Central African time. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back. Change your game. Your game. Be the voice of young African entrepreneurs. Change your game. Your game. A program that promotes open discussion. Change your game. We bring social dialogue 
as we highlight the real issues in the global entrepreneurship ecosystem. Our mission is to produce relevant and vibrant content and conduct interviews with dynamic stakeholders within the African entrepreneurial ecosystem that informs, educates and entertains and empowers young African entrepreneurs. Change your game. Change your game. Empowering the next generation of outstanding African entrepreneurs. Tune in on Fridays, 1000 hours to 10.45 a.m. Central African time. And on Saturdays, 1300 hours to 1400 hours Central African time. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Well, remember, you can interact with us here on African Dialogue using our Twitter handle at Channel Africa One or at African Dialogue. We want to hear your thoughts. We're asking the simple question today, asking, you know, just a personal thing from you as an African. What changes do you expect from the African Union as it actually changes its leadership? Give us your thoughts on our Twitter handle at Channel Africa One or at African Dialogue. Uh, we've already got someone who has commented here, Ibo Tabo, uh, who has their hashtag Ibo Tabo Africa One. Um, Ibo Tabo says, I would like them to be Africans, not uh, uh, at Western office by actually ensuring that they uh, work on intrinsic intrinsic materials remaining in the continent. And the very interesting thoughts, them, I know the economy is one of those things that the African Union is starting to, to think about. But moving on, on, on to that, I think it's a very interesting issue, the issue of uh, the board that was highlighted earlier, uh, Professor Mapunya. And I know that that's something that we're trying to open up our borders. The issue of an integrated economy, integrated infrastructure seems to be still the project of the African Union. Will we see that unfolding anytime soon? I know that's a long-term project. Uh, I need to uh, also apologize. My line uh, has been doing things, so I haven't had your your, your previous uh, comments sure, sure. when you're opening this. I just heard something about integration. Could you just uh, uh, repeat? All right, let me repeat. I um, hope that you can hear me. We'll see if our technicians yeah. can do something in the background there. I was just talking about this issue of an integrated Africa. I know the African Union now really speaks about really opening the borders, inter-trade is something that's very important to the African Union and uh, you know that issue of uh, integrating even when it comes to infrastructure development do you think that's uh, something that we'll see in the near future or that's more of a uh, long-term project well um, I I subscribe to the African Union's uh, vision 2063 we wish among others you know very much focuses on issues of uh, continental you know integration issues of unity and of course uh, issues of uh, ensuring that uh, you know the economic uh, um, 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 uh, challenges that Africa faces uh, are addressed through that program so in in short it will be a long long term or it is a long term objective of the African Union to ensure African uh, you know economic integration and integration in other areas in other areas in terms of politics and and, and other spheres however uh, I think um, to ensure that uh, you know that uh, integration becomes a reality and in the not so distant future uh, what needs to be done is the question of ensuring that uh, the RECs, the regional economic communities uh, 
whether it is SADC here in Southern Africa, whether it is the you know East African Community, ECOWAS, and so on and so on, Maghreb and so on, or ECAS. They all have you know specific chunks for their you know respective regions mm, mm. Uh, of dealing with this uh, in integration. Otherwise, if it remains a lofty continental Addis Ababa you know so, top heavy so. you know issue, I don't see uh, you know its implementation. In fact, this speaks to the very program uh, and the you know um, um, uh, modus operandi of, of of the African Union that mm. uh, if they centralize everything in Addis Ababa without decentralizing to specific regions and making sure that you know the these uh, you know lofty ideas are implemented at the lowest level towards the ground uh, we might not see much action and mm-hmm. and so uh, the heads of state in the specific regions of those wrecks will obviously have to to be the champions of uh, you know such integration including other p- programs by the way of mm-hmm. the african mm-hmm. union and I know that for that to actually happen, we need to see an acceleration even within the Pan-African uh, Parliament to see a more integrated uh, effort. Uh, Absolutely. Like, sure, sure. Um, uh, let's, let's listen to just a little clip here, and I hope that you can hear it, Professor. Uh, uh, this is Dr. Benedict Lahai. She's the Sierra Leone MP and the fourth vice president of the Pan-African Parliament. Uh, she really speaks about uh, really this issue of uh, a fully legislative arm, which they want the Pan-African Parliament to, to, to become. In the revised protocol, when it shall come into effect, these are one of the new provisions. You know, uh, right now we are all in our national parliament and we have our responsibilities and obligations to our constituents but also to our government and the people of our respective country as a whole. And then we are also in the Pan-African parliament. So, you know, we are playing dual functions and that means we have computing time for computing uh, interest for on our time for the Pan-African Parliament. We come, we spend like two weeks, three weeks, depending on the length of the sessions. But even in between the sessions, because we work in committees, we are also meeting in committees in, in Midran or outside of Midran. We work with the African Union commissions and we work with other international bodies, you know, when they we invite the members of the committee to take part in conferences, in roundtable and all of those things. So, so you see that... Uh, you, you are busy with the Pan-African Parliament, at the same time you are busy with the National Parliament. So sometimes, in fact, what happens, some members can come late or they come early and leave because they have other pressing issues. So also, you know, Africa, every month there is an election in Africa. And any time we do an election in Africa, we lose our members of Parliament and sometimes... These members of parliament are also members of the Pan-African parliament. So we lose them, or even when they win, maybe their national parliaments will now want to assign other new parliamentarians to the Pan-African parliament. That means when new parliamentarians come, they go through training, you know, you train them in all those things. And then no sooner you are training, you finish training them, elections take place again, and other members of parliament lose their seats, and new parliaments are, are coming. So every time we meet in May and in October... We are swearing in 20, 30, 40 MPs. These are new MPs that have just come from elections. And that means the the attrition rate is so high that institutions don't build up and strengthen themselves with this level of attrition. Because an institution is as good as the length of tenure that members in that institute, working in that institution have served. So, but if everybody is coming, and we all have different tenure, because our elections in our national parliament are different. 
Well, that's Dr. Bernadette Lahai, who's the fourth uh, vice president of the Pan-African Parliament. And you, you spoke uh, to uh, Dr. Lahai there. Tell us a little bit about some of the issues. I know she's usually fiery. She's very expressive and she's very passionate about uh, turning this Pan-African Parliament into a very fully legislative body. Um, and, and Yes, indeed, Benjamin. The clip that we just had there, uh, Dr. Bernard, she's actually explaining uh, some of the new, um, you know, uh, protocol that will be in place should uh, the member states sign in um, this amended protocol that sure. they've been calling for for yeah, more than years, years <laughs> for many many years I mean sure. even at this um, African Union they also had a media briefing you know just on the sidelines whereby they again appealed to member states you know to sign that amended protocol granting mm-hmm. it full legislative powers and mm-hmm. you know I think it's frustrating for the Pan-African Parliament that you know it's just a talk shop every time they come to Johannesburg they meet but no decisions yes, are taken yes. and implemented so mm-hmm. They really are pushing for that. They 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 want that when MPs are, are elected in their respective countries, they they dedicate solely their time to the Pan African Parliament. She sure. just also raised concern that you know sometimes these MPs are members of Parliament in their respective countries, sure. and they don't dedicate much of their time to the Pan African Parliament because sure. sometimes there's pressing issues in those uh, respective countries. Yeah. So they are proposing now that when Parliament um, when they meet this time around, mm. uh, Parliament uh, parliamentarians should be um, sworn in, and mm. they shouldn't have dual rules whereby sure. they are members of parliament in their respective countries and members and of parliament in the pan-african parliament yeah. so they really really are pushing and hopefully something will come out of this because really she's been lobbying and she's mm. been speaking to the heads of state today i saw her running around at the african union you know mm. trying to get their attention you know mm. just to raise some of their issues that it shouldn't be a talk shop it's, it's been a talk shop mm. for years now mm. and it's about time that you know they are given that platform to really really you know have uh, mm. that body that will be able to take decisions and mm. implement them and i think it, it actually creates it's a space whereby if we see that happening, it actually ensured that uh, uh, the African Union is also very much uh, uh, country relevant. And, and I think that's one of the biggest criticism right now of the African Union, how close it is to the African people. Professor Mapunye, how do we make sure that the African Union is not just something that's far away, uh, something that's almost like aloof and almost becoming academic and a political gesturing? Uh, we need it to be more closer to the people and we need that a perception changed by this new leadership? Absolutely. Um, the biggest challenge for me uh, is that definitely uh, that one. It's one of the biggest challenges that uh, Musa Faki Mohammed is going to be facing. Uh, we are not expecting a superman out of him uh, because uh, he is going to be working with uh, heads of state and government. And uh, those are the people you know, who also hold uh, many of the keys towards uh, you know, his success or the success of his term. Uh, coming closer, getting closer to the people, uh, it means the protocols that uh, you know the um, Pan African Parliament is talking about have to be signed, have to be ratified. But that, for me, is just the beginning of uh, a very long process. Those uh, protocols have got to be taken uh, to the regional level as well as to the local level uh, by the mem- African Union member states, and they have to be, you know, uh, implemented. The language that African Union and other diplomats normally use is domestication. They have to be domesticated. Now, domestication sometimes does not happen. Uh, I have looked at a number of uh, these protocols, these charters. For instance, the African Charter on Democracy, Elections and Governance. Uh, many um, 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 African Union member states have signed the charter, and they have ratified it, but the domestication is a problem. So it remains in their books, uh, you know, in Addis Ababa, but when you look at specific country, you know, uh, um, um, 
specific uh, regions as well as activity or action, there is either none or very little. Uh, so if you, you are in the hinterland of a country and you ask people about the protocol, this, the gender protocol or the African Charter on Democrats, people look at you as if you are coming from Mars or from the moon. And this, is, for me, is one of the biggest challenges that we are facing. Uh, this issue around talking, uh, you know, on uh, developing uh, 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 strong, you know, proactive measures in terms of security, I'm hoping that uh, uh, Musa Faki Mohammed will also be able to deal with that because uh, he has got the background, you know, having worked, uh, you know, specifically in developing that, uh, especially in terms of, uh, you know, dealing with Boko Haram on mm, the ground mm, level. Mm, mm. So we are hoping that he will be able to make, uh, uh, you know, some impact. However, uh, this issue that the African Union is saying that, uh, you know, by 2020, no guns should be sounding. And uh, in fact, he also mentioned it, uh, you know, Mohammed, that uh, songs of uh, countries, you know, um, factories uh, rumbling as well as, uh, you know, uh, children singing mm-hmm. and people singing mm-hmm. on the streets. That's what he wants to hear. I'm not so sure whether it's, uh, you know, too... Uh, um, optimistic, because 2020 is just around the corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are reminded by the fact that uh, not so long ago, mm-hmm. the United Nations came up with slogans such as Health for All by the mm-hmm. year 2000, which cascaded to Africa. Guess what? By 2015, 2016, we still have malaria in West Africa. Sure, we have, uh, sure. you know, um, uh, uh, um, uh, all these uh, devastating diseases in Africa. Mm-hmm. So where's the health for all by the year 2020? I think it is more of an ideal mm-hmm. rather than, uh, you know, something that's realistic. And, mm-hmm. and that this, for instance, uh, for me, is also a t- the challenge that he's going to be facing. Mm, very much challenging times for the African Union. Your thoughts on uh, the transition process, the, the challenges here f- by the new leaders of the African Union, Tlantla? Well, you know, the African Union is undergoing deep introspection on really how to um, uh, reform uh, to become more relevant and better respond to crises on the continent. Mm. Um, now the new leader I believe is tasked with leading those reforms. Mm. I must just add that on Sunday uh, Rwandan President Paul Kagame delivered a biting report to the heads of state mm. where he criticized the chronic failure to see through African Union decisions um, which had resulted in a crisis of implementation and perception that the African Union is not relevant mm. to, you know, to Africans Mm. And, you know, the African Union is also grappling, we've just uh, mentioned it uh, just now now, uh, the Mm. issue of the refugee um, crisis, Mm. you know, with uh, U.S. President Donald Trump Mm. administration sounding the alarm, you know, Mm. over an immigration ban affecting three African countries. So really, it remains to be seen how uh, the new chairperson and the Mm. bloc itself will actually deal um, with this issue. Mm. Well... Let me wrap it up somehow in terms of, uh, you know, uh, is there a bright future here? I know that we have so many challenges, Burundi, one of them, South Sudan, the DRC is one that's becoming also central now, especially when it comes to that election conversation, Professor. Uh, there's a lot to grapple with on the continent. Uh, we know that you highlighted issues of uh, terrorism as well. So there's a whole lot on the plate for the new leadership. Uh, is there hope at the end of the tunnel? There is hope at the end of the tunnel because, uh, remember, we are talking about a body that started uh, in 1963, and uh, even though it it underwent some political metamorphosis uh, in in, in the year 2000-2002, for us, this is still the very same African Union of uh, the late uh, Kwame Nkrumah, 
you know, the late, uh, you know, Tanzanian President Mwalimu uh, Julius Nyerere and other leaders, you know, Sekuture uh, and so on. So when they, they, they came up with this issue of African Union, African unification, uh, it's not as if they, they um, were oblivious to the challenges ahead because they knew that, uh, you know, with so many dynamics of ethnic, ethnicity, of culture, of politics, of region, of language, which, uh, you know, Amina Mohammed mentioned, she actually attributed the issue of language to her loss that, uh, you know, the, the, the divide between the Anglophone and the Francophone countries. Some would agree with it, some would not. But those are some of the challenges. So uh, all these, we have been aware that, uh, you know, the African Union is going to be on some kind of a rocky ground uh, on which, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, succeeding or successive generations of Africans will have to build uh, to take over the baton and make sure that uh, they run with the current issues. Uh, today we might be talking about the Trump, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. administration's, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, challenge to Africa in terms of uh, mm-hmm. refugees and so on. But there are other things. Uh, the, the, uh, the UN uh, Secretary General, uh, just by highlighting the, the fact that they expect uh, you know, African ideas, wisdom and solutions, when you mm-hmm. uh, listen to that clip, mm-hmm. it tells me that Africa does uh, have to play a very, very critical role uh, you know, in the world. And we cannot dismiss it with uh, you know, a, a, a general brush and say that, uh, or like a bright line generalization, mm-hmm. and say that the, the tone continent has got uh, insurmountable problems and therefore is going to uh, you know, uh, collapse. I don't see any collapse. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, it is facing you know, serious uh, uh, crisis in some certain areas, uh, challenges and so on, mm-hmm. but uh, those are, you know, resol- can be resolved mm-hmm. through the way uh, in which uh, you know, the African Union has been uh, you know, undertaking you know, these reforms and so on. My, my, my colleague has mentioned that, mm-hmm. you know, this African Union's re- reform program, mm-hmm. and we expect them to build on that rather than you know, uh, throw their hands in the air and think that they will not be able to resolve these issues.